Have you heard The Message? An original science fiction podcast from Panoply and GE Podcast Theater. All of season one is available now, so listen and find out why a 70-year-old alien recording seems to be killing people. Search for The Message on iTunes. I'm Sarah Humphreys, the executive editor of Real Simple, a busy stepmother of two, and an amateur cook who loves to cook and loves to eat, but has lots of questions. And I'm Sarah Karnasevich, the food editor of RealSimple.com, a professional cook and a working mom who tries to give you all the answers. Welcome to Things Cooks Know, the weekly podcast where the professional cook, that's Sarah Kay, shares insider advice and secrets that the busy amateur cook, that's me, can use in her own kitchen with her own family. Uh, we've entered the second week of December now, and that is also known as peak holiday party time. Yes. It's um, like every night of the week, right? We're going to start having Tuesday night parties now? Pretty much. I, I mean, hey. And and I know personally that you, Sarah Kay, are gearing up towards a holiday party this weekend. Yes. I did a really impulsive thing where I just decided one day about a week and a half ago that I was going to have a party and then sent an email to... Most of my Gmail contacts, and then which I then immediately regretted. <laughs> I was going to just say, and then did you promptly regret? Yeah, the so whole process. I've never had that many people in my house. Okay, wait. Before. So can you talk to me about numbers. Well, I don't know. I I actually don't. Have, this is I have to figure out how many it's actually going to be, but it could be up to like sixty oh my people. Oh my gosh! I don't. That's a- that That's scares a me when the words come out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah. But yeah. So on the one hand, I'm a little disappointed that I think it's going to be 60 degrees this weekend yeah, in New York. Yeah, it's a bummer. Because I had these visions of like the roaring. We have a fireplace, which is the whole reason I wanted to have a party, if I'm being honest, because I wanted to have a fire in the fireplace. <laughs> so I was envisioning, you know, like the roaring fire and the witty conversation and the <laughs> clinking glasses. Stamping their boats, yeah. boots off with the snow. So, and coming uh, we're in. still going to have a fire, damn it, but we're going to open the windows. But the good news is that if if indeed everyone I invited does show up, we can go outside. Like We can spill outside oh, and that's no one's nice. going to freeze. So I, um, I'm in mourning this year because I'm not having a holiday party. I've had one for the last 12 years maybe. And it's become, I have to say, somewhat famous, and people really look forward to it, and they're very upset that I'm not having it this year. And the reason I'm not having it is because we literally don't have an apartment to have it in. Yeah. Our apartment is still majorly under construction. <laughs> anyway, but I have, so I've always hosted a martini party. So over the years, when you start hosting a martini party at age 25, uh-huh. things get interesting. I bet. And I've always had a very small apartment and just jammed people in there. I mean, yeah. literally just jammed them in like sardines. And we've had some really, really fun times and really... Uh, <laughs> too some, fun. Too fun. Sometimes they've been too fun. As we've gotten older, they've gotten a little less crazy. But, like, we've had a... Uh, people. There's a, at least one person who just who overdoes it. Sometimes yeah. it's me. It's kind of hard. You always have to have that person. Yeah, you, you always have not to. You. Sometimes yeah. it's been me. <laughs> anyway, but when, you know, when I think back to my, my awesome martini party, we call it Yultinis, <laughs> and... Um, and I miss it a lot. But one of the things I think about all the time is that because they are individually bespoke martinis that I'm making. Yeah, that's hardcore, uh, You know, dirty versus not dirty, twists versus olives, all that, right? Rocks, you know, up. I'm basically at the bar the entire night yes. with frozen fingers shaking these drinks. And so when, when, not if, I have my party next year, 
I want to have some big batch cocktails that I can so I can actually enjoy the party as well and not sit at the bar totally. all night. Totally. So that's what we're talking about today. Yes, that is what we're talking about. We are talking about drinks that you can make scalable, scalable drinks that you can make for such a business word. <laughs> batches of 10 or more and then you could double for 20 or, or what. And these that we just developed a bunch of these for the site for this very reason. I think it's it's a service to the people so that you can actually enjoy the party too, that you're not stuck there with a cocktail shaker in your hand, you know, fielding requests. You're not a bartender. You're the host. You're there to have some fun too. So, oh, I should say that the ones that we've developed, I think when people think about these kinds of things, you immediately go to punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I think of a, I think of an ice ring and I think of a ladle, yep. which I love that idea. And these, most of ours, the ones that we developed, a lot of them are served out of punch bowls or pitchers. But the thing is, I think what sets these apart, most of the ones that we did are are really cocktails rather mm-hmm. than punches. Mm-hmm. So you, you're making the cocktail in a large batch and then you're serving it over ice. But these are I not water. These are strong drinks. They are like real cocktails. Because a punch, well, what's the difference between a cocktail and a punch? A punch is more of something you're not putting cocktails, it over ice. Um, I think of, I mean, excuse me. Punches, I think of, of usually being more diluted with, like, tea or soda. Oh, I see. Or, yeah. And these have elements of those things in them, but some of them are just straight-up mixed Powerhouses. drinks in large batches. But that then you serve with a splash of soda or over ice or things like that. And, okay. and we can get to some specifics um, as, we, as we keep talking. Okay. But I think that's what makes them pretty cool because especially if – you know, you you have you traditionally have something like a martini party mm-hmm. where people are really excited about having individual tr- cocktails. The ones that we've come up with really stand up to that. They're like cocktails that you would get in a bar, but you can batch them up for ten or more, right? right. And then serve them in beautiful vessels. And they really we we just did a photo shoot of all of them last week, mm-hmm. so they're going to be up and. Sp- sparkling and beautiful up on the site any day now. And they look amazing. Okay. I mean, they, they just look, they scream festive. So I guess sh- let's talk about the actual drinks first. But okay. I also really do want to talk about the vessels because I think that actually stops people is the idea. I mean, it would stop me right now if I was going to have a party and I got these great recipes. I'd be like, that's awesome. Except I have no idea what to serve them in and mm-hmm. I don't have anything at my house. So anyway, let's get to that. But Let's start with our first cocktail. Okay. One of the ones that I'm the most excited about and is so incredibly drinkable that it's maybe a little dangerous <laughs> while at the same time being fun is this hard cider slush that we came up oh, with. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, it's insane. It's like a grown-up slush. Okay. So in terms of prep work, which you could do the day before your party, you're going to make a simple syrup, which right. anyone can do. Don't get scared by that. It's just... Brown sugar, water, and a, a teaspoon of cinnamon. So you're oh. making a brown sugar simple syrup. Oh, I'd never even occurred to me syrup. to make a brown sugar simple syrup. Um, what, what is that? It's just because it becomes more like molasses It's a little caramely, richer. and it's, it goes nicely with the cinnamon okay. in it. So it's really a cinnamon simple syrup. So you make your simple syrup, and then in a, in a baking pan, like a 9 by 13 inch metal pan, cake pan, you're going to pour in like about three cups of apple cider, okay. a cup and a half of bourbon, <laughs> and I think about three quarters of a cup of this the simple syrup that you just made. And you slosh it all together. You stir it up. You stick that pan in the freezer. 
And oh no, I'm sorry. You also have lemon juice in there. Don't want to okay. leave that out. Yeah. A little lemon yeah, juice. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but anyway, you put that all in the freezer, and you do you walk away, and about four hours later, you go back and you like s- scrape it with a fork mm-hmm. so it gets a little more slushy. Yep. And same thing. You maybe go back again before you go to bed. You scrape it up a little, and that's it. Next day, before your party, you open up your freezer. You make sh- you you scrape it up so it's really kind of fluffy, like shaved mm-hmm. ice. Yeah, and it will be. And you're almost halfway there to the drink. And when it comes time to serve it, you're almost halfway there. Yeah, okay. you're there. Okay. So when you want to serve your guests, they arrive, and you know the room's getting really steamy because you're packing mm-hmm. sixty people into your oh, tiny yeah. apartment. You can just get out any kind of little glass. This Also, you don't have to be fussy about glassware. And you put a scoop of that bourbon apple slush in it, and you top it with hard cider. Ooh. And that's the whole thing. Garnish it with an apple slice. It is ridiculous. I mean, actually, one of the best things I've ever had. So okay. I'm definitely making that this weekend. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That sounds really good. And people are like, what is this? It's yeah. like a grown-up slushy with apples and bourbon. I'm actually surprised that hasn't like really had a grown-up slushy hasn't had a moment yet. Maybe it is and I just don't know. But I have um, an old assistant who worked for me at Real Simple a few years ago who's like a, I don't know, she's really into crafts, really into baking, Mm -hmm. like very talented. And she um, came one year to my party and brought gin and tonic slushies. Oh my God. And they were unreal. That's the person that you invite back again and again. I right? also think that that's like an, actually an awesome thing to bring. In general, a mixed drink. Mm-hmm. BYO. <laughs> yes. MD. In a bottle. The other thing is you can bottle a lot of these yeah. and bring them with you. Now, I mean, this particular one doesn't really no. take to bottling, but a couple of the other ones that we have do. Okay, please and tell. Let's so, go. for instance, another option is. A, we, we made a white Negroni punch. So if you if you know like a regular Negroni. Oh, I do. Yeah, of course you do. We all do, right? <laughs> is bright red, right? Mm-hmm. It has that beautiful sort of ruby color mm-hmm. from the Campari. Well, the white Negroni substitutes the Campari with another um, sort of herbal fortified wine. And you could use Suze, which is it, um, you can get in a lot of liquor stores or you can order online, which has this like amazing yellow color. What's it called? Suze. S-U-Z-E. Okay. I've it's never a heard. French it, herbal So it's a type yeah. of digestive. It's not yeah. a brand. It's a, it's a name, like the way Campari is a name. Oh, okay. Suze is a name. Okay. Or you could, you know, any kind of herbal fortified wine like that, like a Cochi Americano makes a white that you could use. Okay. And then... Dry vermouth. So gin, dry vermouth, and instead of Campari, one of these other fortified white, mm-hmm. yellow to white fortified wines like a Kochi or Suze. Or okay. One of those. So that is like straight up cocktail. Right. You know, three parts of alcohol. And all we're do all we suggest is that you're doing it in big batches. So that's like two cups of gin. And then the proportions on this are um, slightly different than with a regular Negroni, which would be one, 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 mm-hmm. we suggest more gin than the others just because the herbal spirit can get kind of strong. So two cups of gin, one cup of Suze, and one cup of dry vermouth. And then you can put that all in a, in a little punch bowl with, like you said, 
an ice ring, mm-hmm. like you freeze some lemon slices in it or something like that, make it really pretty, mm-hmm. some sprigs of rosemary, and just ladle that up out of ice. But you're making 10 cocktails at a time right. rather than having to make one for everyone. Right. And that is also something that because it's just straight spirits before you add the ice, you could bottle it and bring it along as the best guest ever. I think as um, as a host, if you're serving these, you should have some sort of alcohol rating system on your, if you have a little card describing <laughs> yes, like what the drink danger, is. danger, danger. Yeah, like yeah. this is the black Rat, diamond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blues, greens, and black diamonds. I honestly think that would be quite helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the apple one is like a blue, but this is, that is definitely a black, a, diamond. a black diamond. Okay. And then another one that uh, I think you could also, that might be a black diamond <laughs> and would take to bottling we a sidecar. A, mm. a take on the sidecar punch okay. that we did. So that is cognac, an orange liqueur, like a Cointreau or triple sec, and then just a bunch of fresh lemon juice. So for that really oh, nice. bright tartness and a little bit of sugar just to rim the glasses. and Rimming the glasses. Which, you know, I, that's an extra step. It would definitely not be happening. <laughs> but you could, again, you could do that ahead of time. You just leave the glasses out with yeah. the sugar rim on them. Probably just, good for a party of 10 to 12, right. not 60. Yeah, not yeah. 60. I think also, like, they get so sticky. Anyway. Okay. okay. No sugar for All you, right. Sarah. No sugar for me. But again, so that's something that you could bottle up. Or this one looks really nice in a pitcher, especially if you have, like, a nice old cocktail pitcher like you would make a martini in mm-hmm. then you can just batch it up 10 at a time and then when people arrive and want drinks uh, you can say okay well we have sidecars and white negronis on the menu and, and people can pick but all you have to do is have two pitchers and so um, you can kind of still give people options mm-hmm. but really save yourself a lot of work by yeah. doing some of yeah. these things ahead of time and you know, everyone should understand that the, these are real drinks. So, probably, you know, two, they're going to be feeling pretty good. Yeah. Well, and this, so this, this is like, you know, it's the ultimate challenge of having a party ev- anytime. But especially with holidays, I feel like because people really tend to kind of like really they get into it. Yeah. Which is why it's so fun to have a party. Knowing how much people are going to drink. And I will tell you that every year shocks me, not only by the quantity, but more about what they choose. Like I... I literally serve martinis mm-hmm. and then beer and wine. And I tell people, if you want anything else, you have to bring it yourself. Sure. Um, and like one year, I'll go through uh, an obscene amount of vodka because I serve vodka martinis, yep. which I know is heresy, but that's what I like. Um, <laughs> I'll go through an obscene, like obscene amounts of vodka. In fact, I have to send people out for more sometimes, yeah. right? But then... Th- well, I'll have one can of beer that someone drunk and, like, one bottle of wine. Yeah. The next year, I go through half a handle of vodka, and like 20 bottles of wine. Of wine yeah. And, you know, it's super – it's so weird. Um, my friend Gigi makes a whole Excel chart every year. She has a party. <laughs> to track it? Yeah. To track everything. What she made, both with food and drink, what she made, how much was consumed, what people seemed to like, what they didn't like, and that way she can she can adjust for next year. But what I, I have personally learned I is need that to it's hire her. completely unpredictable. And so that, I think, is daunting because you kind of don't know. I, I overbuy everything because I'm paranoid about yeah. well, I'm to send my way. friend out yeah, to buy more vodka. It's always just like there's too much left over. But I, I mean, you'd rather have too much than too little, right? I mean, always. Yeah. But anyway, I do think that's a challenge, and I think having having a few options for drinks, and I do, especially 
I think it depends what age your guests are. Sure. If they're in their 30s and 40s and they do have to go home and actually relieve a babysitter, like the babysitter is what and the kids are what get you to yeah. maybe one cocktail before you start on wine as opposed to like seven. Yeah, you don't need That's to be totally tanked. In fact, it's well, not only do you have to go home and relieve the babysitter, but up. like the next day it's horrible is not like, oh, God, I got to go have a bacon, egg and cheese and like a Coke and lay here and moan. Like that's right. not an option. It's anymore. not an option. I'm learning the hard way. Yeah. So I think you can adjust your <laughs> your your alcohol offerings and amount based on how many people have children. Yes. And I will say so we've we've talked about one blue square. Yep. Drink and two black diamonds. Well, one more sort of blue option. I yep. think a little, little less on the, uh, you know, blood alcohol <laughs> rating. Is we came up with this beer punch that's really, really good. Sounds too, like something you drank in college. I know it sounds like hmm, I'm not so sure about this, but the combination is actually genius when you put it together. And so it's gin, uh-huh. grapefruit juice. An IPA. I'm sorry. I totally drank that in college. Yeah. And it's, it is like when you float it in a, a cut glass punch bowl mm-hmm. and you have beautiful glasses, it is like something that you would go get at a craft cocktail bar. You would not know what was in it if you didn't tell your guests. What did you call it? What are you calling it on the site, on realsimple.com? We're calling it like a grapefruit beer punch. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So... All right, that sounds interesting. Yeah. So that one, you know, it does have gin in it. So it's I was going to say, it's is not that totally really, innocent. Is that really a, a, a square? Is it more of a diamond? But it's not. It's a, uh, it's a it's double not square. gin, brandy, and um, vermouth. Okay. You know? There's only right. one heart. And so you serve it. that. You see, is it? It's chilled. It's chilled. Yeah. Okay. And okay. you add the beer just before serving too. So if I the see. beer is really cold, then and fizzy. Yeah. Okay. Fizzy. Okay. Can you give me? Do you have any green green circles for those who? I have green. I have really green circles. If <laughs> if you are really worried about how you're going to feel the next day, and or say pregnant, right, <laughs> or right. Um, or you have maybe if you have some kids, or if you have some kids, or you're I don't know you're like, like taking kids. antibiotics or something, and you don't want to drink at all. I or, couldn't I don't imagine know. any other reasons why you wouldn't want to. <laughs> I don't know, but yes, we another thing that we've been thinking a lot about is so if you're not going to indulge in one of these these boozy punches boozy cocktails how can you have a non-alcoholic drink that doesn't make you feel sad and like an afterthought Mm -hmm. because i think it's so hard and especially as a host when you are trying to think of everything to come up with options beyond just like oh yeah there's some cans of seltzer seltzer well i I always feel i actually always feel sad for people who come and and have a you know are not drinking for whatever reason and you ask them what they want you know you want a martini and they say no do you just have a glass of water please yeah. i always feel so bad just turning on the faucet yeah it's like you're you're giving them bread and water yeah. it's like yeah. yeah so anyway it would be it is nice it's so, a nice idea to have something. i mean obviously things like fresh juices like if if you can do nothing else just having you know some of those like fruit nectars that you can get at the store, just having a couple of those that you can add to the seltzer mm-hmm. will make life a little bit more enjoyable for them. But we did actually come up with six other proper non-alcoholic cocktails. Mocktails. Yes, mocktails, if you want to call them. And I got to tell you, I would be really happy to drink these. Not quite as happy as <laughs> the 
close. <laughs> Cider slush, but but close. <laughs> um, so I think you know if you, even if you just decide to make one of these alongside the batch of the other cocktails that you're making, you'll be making someone really happy if you do. Okay. For instance, um, one that was really fun is a. A cherry. We're calling it like a cherry Manhattan mm. because it sort of tries to mimic some of those flavors in non-alcoholic form. And you do that by brewing some iced tea, some really strong black tea. And actually, if you ha- if you use Lapsang Souchong, it's even better to get that kind of smoky edge. But any black tea will be good. You just want to brew it nice and strong and chill it. And then you combine that with pure cherry juice so like that really dark cherry juice that you can you see not the like bright red sweetened cherry juice but sometimes you see it in the juice aisle it's just usually like the more hippie organic cherry juice it says black cherry on it because you want that deep dark cherry sweetness not the kind of fruit punchy sweetness just a spoonful of grenadine and then about four dashes of Angostura bitters. And that's the thing, too. So we use bitters a lot in these drinks. Now, caveat, bitters do add a tiny bit of alcohol to a drink. I mean, like a minuscule, negligible amount. But, you know, technically that is true. But really using those as a uh, tool in your mocktail arsenal really changes it because they give it that depth I get and that. some of that complexity that you find in a cocktail that sometimes you just can't achieve mm-hmm. in a in a drink that uh, is all juice or something like that, and then you garnish it with a maraschino maraschino cherry, and it it's this super sexy, dark and slightly bitter, juicy drink that if you can't have a Ma- Manhattan, it's really like the next best thing. Okay, we're going to talk about a few more mocktails and then have an eggnog debate. But first... Today's show is brought to you by The Message, an original science fiction podcast from Panoply and GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'm going to take you into an elite cryptography think tank and check it out. Their top project right now is to decode a highly classified radio transmission from the 1940s. Have you listened to it yet? Not yet. Uh, We're having a discussion about that. But if I offered you the chance to listen to it right now, Um, sounds like a no. Well, we don't really know what it is. Voices, music, breathing. But, you know, I'm not going to mess with that thing. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. Subscribe to The Message on iTunes. All right, Sarah Case, we've done this delicious, sexy, alcohol-free Manhattan. Mm -hmm. What's another drink? And I was thinking about these mocktails. Like, you could, this is great for a day party if you don't want to have a lot of booze. You know, you're having an open house or something like that. Totally. And you know what? Okay, so when I was developing these and testing them at home, my son really <laughs> liked them too. And so, you know, it's kind of a fun thing. Like, even if you just want to give your kids a treat at one of these dinners or a party. Yeah. Um, I still you know, remember being at 
the Boehner's Christmas Eve party they have every year. They still have, by the way. It's now been 40-plus years that they have it. And they had a giant Santa head punch bowl. And she would make this delicious, I don't know, it was some ginger ale punch that yeah. I was. I would basically just stand over and Yeah, mainline. I'd mainline the ginger ale punch <laughs> when I wasn't, like, chasing the boys around down in the basement. So, so yeah. So, I mean, look, uh, these are an upgrade on the Shirley Temple yes. for sure. But, you know, it's kind of a fun thing. It would be it would be a nice change of pace for them, too. That said, they're not at all juvenile, these drinks. Right. And I think that's one thing we really tried to keep in mind yes. as we were coming up with them. Another one that we love is kind of we, we used the Aperol Spritz as mm. a inspiration oh. point, a jumping off place. So delicious. Um, so we, we're calling it the Grapefruit spritz and you make it in a big kind of goblet like you would an Aperol spritz and this just it just has grenadine like a spoonful or maybe an three quarters of an ounce of grenadine uh, an ounce of freshly squeezed grapefruit juice and then four ounces of like a fizzy grapefruit soda Mm. a tart as tart as you can get it right and then again four dashes of bitters Angostura bitters is good or you could use grapefruit bitters and you just top that with soda water, mm-hmm. give it a little stir, garnish it with a grapefruit wedge. It has that really nice bitter flavor that has a little bit of sweetness from the grenadine and the soda, too. And that so you can pre-mix that, too, and just and um, then top it with soda. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. So you could mix the grenadine, the grapefruit juice, and that's easy because those are just one-to-one amounts. Mm-hmm. And then just have that in a little pitcher and add it to glasses, top with soda, and you'd be ready to go. Okay. And we have another sort of sparkling drink mimic is a pear almond sparkler, which is really nice. Wow. Make it in a champagne flute. And we use just a little bit, like half an ounce of orgeat, which is an almond syrup. Or you could just use any almond syrup like you can get sometimes for coffee or things like that. Oh, I've never heard um, of orgeat. How do you spell orgeat? O-R-G-E-A-T. O-R-G-E-A-T. It's used okay. a lot in tiki drinks and things like oh. that. Oh, what do you mean tiki drinks? Like tiki, like Hawaii, like yeah, tropical like drinks? Yeah, like tropical drinks. Okay. It's an almond-flavored syrup. All right, interesting. Um, but you don't necessarily have to get orgeat. You can, you can in this case, like substitute any kind of almond syrup. Like Monin makes them for coffee. You often see them in okay. places like that. And I think those are pretty widely available. So just a little splash of that. Um, an ounce and a half of like a pear nectar, mm-hmm. which are those like really sort of concentrated fruit, almost pulps. Mm-hmm. And then you top that with a non-alcoholic sparkling cider. Wow. And it's really good. You have these I've pear never heard of like an of any nut or nut essence being in a cocktail before. It's really good. It's this, this very subtle almond flavor, yeah. which goes really nicely with the pear. And then, okay, so back to the dirty... Dirty martini. We can finish up with that. This was the real challenge because we wanted to have something non-alcoholic that kind of shared some of those elements that people love about a martini or a dirty martini. And how could you have a non icy and and kind of clear and bracing? So how on earth would you ever do that without? Here's what we came up with: shots of gin. We're calling it the dirty tonic. Okay. Okay. And. You combine a little bit of olive brine, mm-hmm. like you would in a dirty martini, yep. some lemon juice, and tonic water in an ice-filled cocktail pitcher or shaker, and you're, you stir it because it's a 
you don't want to like really agitate the tonic mm-hmm. water, but you want to stir it until it's really cold, mm-hmm. like you would want a cold yes. martini. And then you strain that into a cocktail glass and you top it with bitters and an olive. One of the best things about a martini, in my opinion, is is when you when you get it really, really, really cold and you get those beautiful, like just flat crystals yes. and shards of ice That's in the t- on the top. Oh gosh, I want I want to party <laughs> so badly. Okay. So let's just talk for a few minutes if we can about vessels. I just wanna know like what kinds of things can you use as vessels for your punches and for your mocktails and your cocktails and your big batch drinks? And where can you go to get them when it's where it's not too expensive? I will say that if you're if you're going to throw a party and you think you might want to get a punch bowl or or um, or something like this. It's really not if you're getting married <laughs> or any one of those things. Like it's not a bad thing to put on your registry, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a fun present for yourself, especially this time of year. And this is the best time of year to get one because they're all on sale. Honestly, I just bought one last week in advance of my party because I couldn't resist and. William Sonoma has a beautiful one. Crate and Barrel has a couple of options. They're under a hundred bucks, and you get beautiful. Like the William Sonoma one is gorgeous. It looks like it could be a, an heirloom. I think the model I'm thinking of is called the vintage one, mm-hmm. and it's a footed cut glass bowl. Pretty. Um, it comes with six or eight glasses, and it weighs a ton. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's serious, serious glass. Okay, that's very helpful. Let's end on eggnog. Eggnog is controversial, I would say. Yep. It's divisive. It's polarizing. I tend to love it. But as you can tell, I have an affinity for cocktails and and alcoholic beverages. What's your position on eggnog? Well, look, I I won't turn down a glass of eggnog because it's thick and creamy and fortified by mm, a good hefty shot of rum or bourbon or something like <laughs> or that. Or all of I the mean, above. All of the above. And really, what's what's so bad about that? I will say that I haven't generally been super excited about it, like because mostly I think I was drinking the stuff that came out of cartons mm-hmm. and seemed like a little disturbingly viscous and... <laughs> Um, and, you know, you don't want to read the ingredient Mm-mm, list or no. anything like that. But I I certainly wouldn't say no. I, but I also think that, like, you have one glass of that stuff and you need to kind of get tucked into bed and, and say night-night. Absolutely. I mean, we, dr- we drink it on Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> and my brother makes a delicious eggnog. But, you know, I've seen the recipe. The other thing is it's a, it's a lot of work, actually. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of separating of eggs. There's a lot of, ble- so you know. I will say that the thing that changed my feelings, that warmed me up to eggnog and has sort of revolutionized the way I make and consume it was learning how to make it in a blender. Oh. Because it's super fast. It's super easy. And it totally changes the texture of yeah. it in a way that it's, like, much airier. And so it has that creaminess without that, like, deadly Heaviness. weight in yep. your belly. And I think that especially, again, if you're making a batch to serve a bunch of people, you can just fill your blender pitcher and you're ready to go. So, I mean, and it's not that different from what you're saying. I mean, it mm-hmm. still has eggs in it. It still has sugar and cream and rum and 
bourbon or whatever combination you of that you like. But you're putting it in the blender and then you're adding heavy cream mm-hmm. in a little stream while the blender is running. And so the heavy cream kind of gets whipped by oh, the blender. I love that. And gives it this really like thick but airy Like a texture. frostier texture. Yes. And then you just take that blender pitcher filled with this basically whipped eggnog and you chill that for a couple of hours. And when you pour it, it's almost just like clouds of boozy Oh my gosh, that is such a good idea. I love that idea. And the, I will end on a really, really good idea from my husband. This is such a real simple thing. He just puts eggnog in his coffee. <gasps> that's smart. Brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant. Smart. That's the way to use the cartons, right? I mean, that's a really good use. Well, he puts my brother's eggnog oh, in the coffee. Okay. I wouldn't encourage a carton <laughs> use anytime. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us today for Things Cooks Know. We'd like to thank our producer, Tim Einenkel, and our engineer, Zach Dinerstein. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on iTunes. And for a million more great boozy recipes from Green Circle all the way to Black Diamond, head to realsimple.com. If you have topics you'd like us to cover next time, you can tweet them to us at Sarah P. Humphreys or at SQ Karn. We'll be back next week. 